curriculum. Right. So, if I was going to give this speech a name, I would call it Pleasing God in 2022. And um, Pleasing God in 2022, in this next year. And um, as soon as you preach something like this, it can very often, for those that are coming from a background where they've been abused in terms of how people tell them that our behavior will dictate how God treats us and that we need to work to earn the salvation of God. And this is not that kind of preaching. I want to say right at the outset that salvation comes only through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's the only way. There's no works that you can do. There is no activities that you can enter into. It is through a proclamation of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that this is part. But I do believe that there is a place where we can actually please God, where we can actually make Him happy. So for those of you in here that are, are married or perhaps engaged or gone through some sort of a marriage course, you would know about the five love, love languages by Gary Chapman. If you haven't heard about them, even as a single, um, I think it's probably something that you should go and look into. The, the, the principles are there for us to, um, we can apply these in our marriage in terms of just improving the quality of our relationships with our wives and our husbands and our partners. Um, and some of these principles I've actually used in the workplace and in my everyday interactions with people in sports clubs and whatever the case may be. So you might not know them, so I'm going to quickly run through what the, the five headlines are. So there's the first one is words of affirmation. So encouragement, getting encouragement builds you up and makes you feel loved. There's gifts. How many of us like receiving a gift? Okay, so you see, interestingly enough, there's, out of the whole room, there's not everyone sticking their hand up saying they love getting gifts, but there are some of us that do. There's acts of service. She liked it. Acts of service. <laughs> acts of service, which is where someone does something for us, and as they do that for us, it makes us feel loved and appreciated. There's quality time. Both of us are there. And then there's physical touch. Now, I bet you could all tell who the physical touch people are in the show because when they're talking to you, they'll always be touching you or putting their arm around you and they're really close and they're in here in your face. I'm one of them. Because physical touch is a way that we are activated, it's a way that we feel loved and it's a way we want to display love. Right? So the principle behind these five love languages is that first thing we understand what our own love language is. And then we understand the love language of the other person whether it's our spouse or somebody we're working with, etc. So that when we express love, we don't express it in a way that makes us feel loved. We express it in a way that makes that person feel loved. And I'll give you an example of that. I'm, I'm touch and quality time. That's, that's how I do it. So that's all. We've always got people in our home. And when I talk to you generally, I'm going to pat you on the back or I'm going to touch your arm or whatever the case may be because that's how I feel loved and activated and energized. The trouble with that is, is that physical touch on Chantal's side of things is the lowest. And quality time is there. So, we get it. so if we spend quality time together, we're great. But if I'm touching her the whole time, she actually starts getting irritated. Because she's got sensitive skin and all the rest of that sort of stuff. So I can't go there. So 
for many years in our marriage before we got like, oh man, like, well, I'm touching you and I'm hugging you and I'm loving you, but why are you not responding? And she's been like, no, 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 It's only been this once and I started. You know, give me some poetic glasses, I'll let them out. But then we went on this course and we did this study, and then we started to actually understand what is the other person's love language. So Chantal is highly, highly driven by acts of service. But even in acts of service, I had to learn that an act of service is like now. It's not an act of service later. So, like most of us men, I'd get home after work, I'd kick my shoes off, I'd put them in the corner, and just always say, listen, please you, would you mind just picking up those shoes? And I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Later. And then as I started to, to start understanding what it was that pleased her, what it was that actually made her respond positive towards me, I realized that when she wants me to do something, she actually wants me to do it now. And then in doing it now, I'm actually activating her love. I'm showing her that she's important to me, and I'm loving her in the way that she wants to be loved, not in the way that I want her to be loved. Does that make sense? So this is a key. I honestly, even in business, I use this principle when I'm talking to people in, in my business meetings with my colleagues, etc. I know who the guys are that are activated by different people, and I always try to respond to them in a way that would make them feel like I'm actually going out of the way to, to love them. Because we call to love everyone. Not just our partners, not just our church people. We call to love everybody. Alright, so definitely. If you aren't married, thank you. If you aren't married, it doesn't mean you can't read about the love languages. So what am I talking to you about this? You're not in a marriage course, yeah? Some of you aren't married or even engaged or involved with anybody. So what am I talking about love languages? Because I'm trying to send the person, I honestly believe that if we are born in the image of God and we are like God in many ways, then God will also have a love language. He will also have certain things that will please him and make him respond positively to us. And that's what I want to just unpack a little bit today. Once again, this is not about doing works to get from God. It's about doing works for God, right? Doing something for him. So let's have a look at a couple of ways that the Bible says that we can please God. So as you read over there, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the key here is faith is the currency that we use to place to please God. Because it says very clearly, without faith, it's not, uh, well, without faith, you you, you might not, or you, you should not, or you could not. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what is faith? What, what is, we look at the next scripture over there. It says, yeah, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So once again, you see that it says commended for. If I commend you, I'm not going to commend you if I'm asked you to come to my house and fix my fridge and it's leaking worse than it was when you leave. I'm going to commend you for good work. 
I'm going to commend you for things well done. So when we commit our lives to Jesus for the first time, that's the first time that we actually use our faith. Because we're sitting in a meeting and somebody like me standing up front and is telling us about this great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. This man who came and died 2,000 years ago when none of us were here, no matter how old we were. None of us were there. But we read about it. And we get told about it. And something in us stirs up and goes, yes, this is true. There's something real about this. And we go, I'd like to respond to Jesus. I need forgiveness for my sins. I need to repent. I need to start serving this God. And that's the first time that we start to use our faith. Then the first time that you get into a community setting and everyone is sitting around and everyone's praying and you've been there for three months and you've never said a prayer and, and you just feel like something is boiling up inside you. And you go, I, I want to pray. And you go, thank you Jesus for today. Amen. You've used your faith. It's not the faith that moves the mountains, that raises the dead and heals the sick. It's just faith. It's just the smallest thing that you do in faith that actually pleases the Lord. Whether it's big, small, whatever it may be. So when you step out of your comfort zone, your little plus that's happened. So maybe it's standing at the, at the back in worship with your arms folded. That's your comfort zone. And you have someone actually tell about it's going, guys, come to the front, man. Let's show God how much we love him. Let's worship him. Let's put our hands up and go for it. And you kind of move two steps forward and you drop the hands from there to here. Maybe that's your faith. Maybe that's all your faith level is for today. But God is pleased with that. So I want to encourage us. This year, in 2022, if you want to please God, start using your faith. Give it wings. Let it go. Get out there and do it. And for some of us that are more experienced in the Lord, that step of faith is going to look quite different. It might be bigger and scarier, but it's still something that will please the Lord. So the first way that we please the Lord is to live a life of faith. The second way is walking and living life in the Spirit and bearing good fruit. So if you put Colossians up there, please. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Next verse, please. And pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. The thing I love about God is He doesn't just give us the instruction and say, now nah, that's what you need to do, go out there and go and do it. But He actually gives us the means to achieve it. So He gives us Holy Spirit. And if we, if we look at it, the instruction manual that's been given is one thing. And then the Holy Spirit, who's, who's, as it's written, is, is, will give us all wisdom and understanding to live a life that's both worthy and pleasing to the Lord. It's, it's kind of like Chantal knowing how I'm wired and what makes me happy. So then she can, she can tell the kids how to behave in a way that will please me. Right? Moms do that all the time. 
hey guys, listen, Dad's just having an afternoon nap. Stop screaming at the top of your lungs. It's going to make him angry and it's going to, he's going to be a grumpy dad. You know what I mean? Let's, let's do that. So she knows what's pleasing to me. And then as that, as we, as she helps us, like the Holy Spirit helps us there, when I wake up and feel refreshed and ready, I'm like, okay, guys, let's take a step to the ice cream and let's go to the beach or whatever the case may be. So we don't just have this mandate to live these lives that are worthy and bear the fruit, but we have taught to be a true the Holy Spirit. If we look at the scriptures, the scriptures say to us that we're commanded to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And once we are, then we can start to, to listen and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then we become more in tune with Him and His instruction, and then we can start to grow in the Lord. And as I walk in church, we'll start living a life naturally that is more and more pleasing to the Lord every single day. So if we go back to that scripture, um, it says, Before this reason, since the day we heard about you, not stop praying, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will, to all spiritual wisdom and understanding is the Holy Spirit. Next one, please. And we pray that in all this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of the Lord. So as we walk with the Lord, as we let the Holy Spirit start to guide how we live our lives on a daily basis, we start to become this person that, pre- that, that bears fruit in our good works. And grows in the knowledge of the Lord, what is worth for our lives. Alright. Then, doing good and sharing with others. And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. We've seen the evidence of that in the life of this church just this week. It's amazing how God is almost. He's almost provided in advance for what we're going to talk about. He's already done. And he's moved the hearts of people who have something to give to those that don't. And I can really relate to this. You know, how pleasing it can be to the Father. Um, because when my kids do it, it just gives me, it gives me all the feels. So like in December, I took Dan to go and have his hair cut. But then, and let me tell you something, Dan talks non-stop to that poor eye cutting his head and I'm just going to die just shush him but I'm so short as of all kids once you've finished they get a little lollipop and as this man gives him the lollipop before I even have an opportunity to say anything he says he's going to have another one for my sister and I just I thought that is that's really it isn't it he just he didn't even hesitate he didn't go okay well you know what I'm going to I'm going to eat this cookie in the car I can tell you quite honestly, if it had been the other way around, Tatum probably would have asked for two and eaten one in the car before we got home. So that they wouldn't see. Okay? But his book, her book is not like that. And he asks and he says, please can I have someone to share with others? And out deep in me, I know this act of wanting to share really, it made me pleased as a father. It made me happy. It made me actually want to be even more generous towards um, towards Dave because of this natural just generosity that is in and this want to share with others. And I want to say to you, I can really, really, really recommend the people in this church 
I really can. With the world being what, the, what it is, and several people having lost jobs, like we've got, we've got people that have lost jobs, they've had to take pay cuts, um, their businesses have, have, have been tough for them. But I've seen such generosity and selflessness displayed in the people that we have here. Just this week, even in the last year. And I'm going to say to us, as we do these things, as we follow what the word says, God is pleased with us. And we're not doing it to get. We're doing it because he tells us, don't forget to be good and share what you have. And I want to say to you that there's, there's an old saying that says you can never outgive God. And I really, really believe that's true. And I pray this year, as we work to please God, and we do share what we do have, whether it's little or whether it's a lot, whatever the case may be, um, we're going to actually see God just expand what we have. Because he says, if I find you faithful with little, I'll trust you with so much more. And then my final point is around living and working together in unity. We can put up Psalm 133 there. It says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down the collar of the robe. It is the, the dew of Hermon before, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And as a, as, a, as a father, as a business person, as a pastor, I relate to that. Unity of will and unity of purpose and unity of vision is a beautiful thing. It's amazing. And it will always reap a far higher reward than 10 individual visions. It's just, it's the way that it works. There's nothing better for Shantala now if we are sitting at home or even if we come to the beach. I remember when I said we came out to the beach a lot more than we used to that we did. And there was just something special about seeing our children together with their two cousins and they were walking and they were collecting little shells and they were exploring and they were just in perfect unity. There was no bickering, there was no fighting, there was no selfishness, there was no I want to do this, no, 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 no. It was just beautiful. And as I looked at it, I was like, come on, man. This is what, it, this is what the church is actually called to. Each of them had their own worlds. Tate wanted to pick up shells and Dave wanted to do sand castles and Imogen wanted to walk out into the water. So they found their way through and they all started to eventually get what it is that they wanted. But it was never marble over your wall and doing that sort of stuff. And I want to say to us as a church, this is something that we have to get right. The Bible says where there's unity, God commands a blessing. He tells us that we will receive blessing when we're in unity. But unity doesn't mean that every single one of us thinks exactly the same. Like a bunch of robots that go, okay, we're going left, okay, everyone goes left. It's not about that. But it's about understanding what is, what's our vision? What has God called us to do? Where is it that we need to go? And then from there, deciding, is this our vision? Is this what I can give myself to? Even when I'm going to dream. So maybe 
You don't agree that coffee should be served before the meeting. Coffee must get served after the meeting. Because before the meeting, we must talk and we must pray and we must do all these things. So I don't believe that coffee should be served before the meeting. So because of that, I refuse to serve on a coffee table. Not doing it. Why? That's not it. Hey guys, sure. Listen, you know, I've had a look at it and I actually think maybe if we had to do it after the service, it would probably be a bit more effective. You know, maybe we can start slightly earlier and finish slightly earlier so that we can coffee together and then go away and these are the reasons why, etc, etc. Okay, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Let me, uh, let me think about it and come back after me. Ryan, thanks for that. Listen, we're going to just keep it as this for now. Sure, you know what? That's okay. I'm in. I'm with you. Now, when we serve coffee, I'm going to do the best I can to serve the best tasting coffee. I'm going to pray over the cups and write scriptures on that one. You know what I mean? That's unity. I don't have to, he doesn't need to agree with me. He just needs to understand that there's a purpose while we're doing coffee. And I'm going to throw everything that I have behind that purpose to the glory of God. When we grumble and when we moan and when we complain, oh, that's the unity of a Wednesday night, man. I wanted to do it on a Thursday night. Great, why? Let's talk about it. Why on a Thursday night? Okay, cool, you've got 20 guys in the community. Guys in the community, how many of us would be more convenient to meet on a Thursday night? 20 hands go up. Done. Let's move on. But there's unity, there's not grounding, there's not, oh, you know, this Josh Chen, all they're going to do is have a meeting on a Wednesday. They're so religious about it, we should actually just mix it up. We should do different days every week. Come on, let's not do that. Let's stay in You know? When we, when, we, when we move together in unity, there's nothing we can't do. There's nothing we can't do. I'll tell you right now, I was in the I went out yesterday, we went somewhere with a suitcase, and I saw this man open up his, the back of his SUV, and he had his bicycle by himself, and he was trying to maneuver this bicycle into the boot, and I was looking at this and I was going, dude, there's no way you're going to put it in yourself because every time you lift it, the front tire will move. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe I must get up in that hole. And as I did it, his wife came out and I see him speak to her and she held the front tire book in the head at the closed door of the bench. He would have spent probably 20 minutes longer driving to do it by himself. But because there was someone that came along, saw the need, met the need, they were in unity around the purpose, let's put the bike in the, in the car and let it all go. Bam! We start getting stuff done. Let's look at, our, let's look at the model. The ultimate model of unity. Ten points for anyone who can say, who can tell me what the ultimate model is. The Trinity. Yeah. I didn't tell you that. There's no, no, I'm adding that. Ten points here. Faith got wrong with you. The Trinity is the ultimate picture of unity. Jesus is God. The Father is God. Holy Spirit is God. Completely secure, completely happy, completely united in who they are and what their functions are. None trying to be higher than the other, all serving their purpose. And when we look at the life of Jesus, and Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. Yeah? So he's the model, he's the example for us on earth. When he walks around the earth, what are the things that we hear him say? I only speak when I hear my Father speak. I only do what I see my father do. The night before he's about to be crucified and, and brutally murdered, on his knees in front of the father, Father, 
take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. Submission, unity of purpose. And then, what someone would argue is the most outrageous prayer ever prayed, and he goes, Father, let them be one, even as we are one. God understands the, He understands the beauty of unity. And He understands the blessing that comes from it. And it's only in that unity, as a, as a body, unity of purpose, unity of will, unity of vision, unity of what is it that we are called to do as individuals in order to for the glory of Jesus Christ in this area. When we come together in that unity, we will really, we will please God. And we will not only please Him, we'll be happy with each other. And we will go further, longer, and harder than we could have ever done ourselves. Does that make sense? So, why have I preached this this morning? Why have I brought this to us? Um, because 